0: This is episode one, two of Free As In Freedom for Tuesday, June 21st, 2011. Hi, I'm Karen Sandler.
1: And I'm Bradley Kuhn.
0: This is Free as in Freedom. And I'm back.
1: Uh, yeah, people are asking for that.
0: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: well, they, somebody said that they liked Dan, but he already hosts all the other podcasts they listen to.
0: That's true. He did a good job, though, and he's got that really awesome accent.
1: Well, it's it's just the way he talks. We talked about this on that one episode.
0: Yeah, I could do an English accent, but I'd likely to sound like Dick Van Dyke. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's, I, it's, but it's only people in the U.S. And, and Dan was surprised when I told him that, that people in the U.S. think that somehow that accent sounds more uh, important. More important? Well, people in the U.S. think if you speak with a British accent that somehow you have more important things to say and you're smarter and all that.
0: Well, Dan does have important things to say, and he is smart. <laughs> but I didn't say that uh, in, my, in the little intro thing that we were in the common era.
1: I know, I did not. That was, well, I was trying to be more precise, because you're not really precise about that point.
0: About that point, I'm silent. But uh, I think everyone who is in the common era with us won't be confused.
1: Well, but we have to think for the future, for archival purposes.
0: (laughs) Ha. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, so this episode, now that I'm back, um, we're going to, I think, first we have some news to share. And then I think since I'm back and I'm still a lawyer, we can do like a little legal roundup, a little summary of, of, Well Well, oh, just, just Supreme Court stuff. Just um, Supreme Court stuff. So maybe we should start with the relevant part of the news for our listeners. And what's that? Well, um, so we'll save the big news, but I think we want to just get in right at the beginning of the show that the, uh, that you should, if you haven't moved your RSS feed already, um, away from uh, the Software Freedom Law Center and to FAIF.us you should do that because the show is no longer going to be hosted at SFLC
1: well it hasn't been hosted at SFLC uh, since, uh, since well, I it, ceased working it, there it
0: has been hosted there as well <laughs> Right, but it's
1: been available on SFLC's website as well but it's not going to be available there anymore The only place you can get it is F-A-I-F dot U-S. Again, that is F-A-I-F dot U-S for free as in freedom dot United States. Go to that website. There are RSS feeds both for MP3 and AUG. Please verify that that's the RSS feed you are using. Do it now. (laughs) Yeah, because if you're not using that RSS feed, you will not get any shows. You will think the show is the last show for some reason, but you will be wrong when you think that. Because it's not. So if you if you just got this RSS feed and this was the newest episode, uh you have the wrong RSS feed. Right? Because Wait, if, if, what? If, if, so if you if, so imagine years from now, somebody grabs an archived RSS feed, right? Some old older RSS feed. Oh, 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 and, this and this is this the, is the all, newest this episode. this is the newest episode of Freeze and Freedom they heard, right? Right. Brand newest, but it was years old now. It could be years, it could be centuries, right? They have the wrong RSS feed, definitely.
0: So it's yeah, we're not we're not over we already moved before, really. Yeah, we
1: were already moved. Um,
0: we were already basically moved, but we were we were publishing on both places at the same time. But that will no longer be the case.
1: Right. Well, and the reason we were publishing, we were making the show available on the SFLC's website is because Karen was an employee there and was able to take care of it.
0: Yes, and I'm still so, so a, why is, I'm still an employee at the Software Freedom Law Center, but not for very much longer.
1: How many days when they hear this?
0: When they hear this, uh, it will be days, right? another week. Oh, okay. Um, so by the end of June, I'll have transitioned to a new position. Oh, you're and not just
1: gonna go move out on the street and not have a job?
0: I'm, I might do that. I'm no, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and actually, the the day of our uh, the day that this is being published is the same day that the um, that the announcement is going public. right. So
1: so if you got the if the show was released later than usual, that was why because we were uh, we were putting information that we didn't want to preempt and now we can say it because by the time they hear this. They will have I'm, read it online, and, and, and now they're
0: here. Right, and as of today, when you hear this, I will be the executive director of the Genome Foundation.
1: It, and I can't act surprised because it wasn't news to me, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, because, yeah, actually, I served on the executive director placement committee uh, at at invitation of Stormy Peters uh, for the Gnome Foundation position. And, in fact, I I didn't say this publicly, uh, but I actually resigned from it a a number of months ago. And the reason I resigned is because uh, once Karen's name was put forward as a serious candidate, um, I felt like I I was too... uh, too conflicted to continue on in the search committee, uh, so I resigned at that point.
0: It's interesting, because I don't think you were necessarily conflicted, but you're...
1: I felt conflicted.
0: You felt conflicted. That's well, enough. I felt, in
1: some sense, I felt like, uh, I felt like if, yeah, if I'm personal friends with you and do all these other side projects with you, like this podcast, cast, and, and so you know, I have an interest in seeing you get the job that you want, and of course I knew you wanted that job, and so it seemed, it seemed That's wrong. That's true. We
0: are personal friends because we work very well together. So our friendship comes from our work relationship.
1: Well, I told the committee what I knew about you. Oh, and you did? I told them that I was biased. <laughs> and I told them that I thought you were awesome and all that stuff, and that I was biased, and obviously I wasn't going to say you weren't awesome. Well, I, th- um, I thought it
0: was smart to, to withdraw anyway.
1: So anyway, so I, I resigned a long time ago, and then it was still going on, and then uh, and then now it's done. Now it's done. I assume that committee is I'm really
0: excited for the new position. Um, it's It's... A big change for me. I'm going. Well, you're not going to be a, a lawyer anymore. Exactly. you well, you still be a lawyer because I'll you're not be going to like re,
1: like resign your bar admission or anything. So you'll still no, technically be a lawyer. No, there is a way
0: that you, you can tell the bar that you're not in active practice, um, but I won't do that because I'll still be general counsel for question copyright, um, and I also and you'll be pro
1: bono counsel to software. And freedom also, conservancy I too. will
0: be pro bono counsel to software freedom conservancy, and I'm going to continue with some matters pro bono with the software freedom law center as well.
1: So you'll be like a serious pro bono for everybody.
0: I'm gonna try. We'll see how much time yeah, I have. I, Obviously, I have
1: time for this. Gnome are you crazy? Is, is going
0: to be my top priority. Yeah, but, it's um, gonna be a lot of
1: work. you're, you're gonna But that's have what weekends are for, as
0: you always say.
1: Yeah, that, I guess that's true. I mean I've been working on bash on the weekends, so there's that's <laughs> certainly not conservancy related. Um, although it is sort of FSF related, strangely enough, although I'm a volunteer to FCF anyway. I
0: was gonna so. say, you know, your director position is a volunteer yeah, but position as well. It's
1: not usual that directors work on random pieces of GNU software. I actually posted a. I haven't checked today. I posted a really controversial message to the Bash development mailing list. Oh, really? It's developmentally controversial. I haven't looked at the thread, so I don't know if anybody responded. I, I basically, I, I, the thing I want is uh, I want Bash histories uh, to be loaded on demand because my Bash history is huge, which most people think is crazy. So the feature would be as a little bit controversial that I'm proposing.
0: So, hmm.
1: And I saw an in to propose it, and I've been on the mailing list for a couple weeks now, and I was like waiting for my in, and then somebody. Asked a question that made it in for proposing this feature, which I've now proposed. I mean, am proposing that I will do the work as well, but it's a very controversial feature.
0: Has anybody reacted?
1: I don't know. That's what I just said. I haven't oh, checked oh, it. Haven't this checked was it. last, uh, yesterday evening, and I haven't checked Yesterday, I as we record this, now they will be, this will be in the future. So it'll be weeks. So I'll have a link in the show notes to whatever, to that thread. So, but that's not the, the news. Travel. This news is not like that I'm working on GNU Bash. This news is that you're going to be the executive director of the GNOME Foundation. Yeah, that's I'm really excited. GNOME
0: goodness. is such an important um, organization and project. So I'm really excited to be in the position to help it out as my full time job.
1: Yeah, and then you'll have to like, deal with me as an advisory board member now. I will. Because I've yeah. have since 2001, I think the end of 2001, beginning of 2002, been the advisory board member representing FCF, And it's, in fact, uh, when I left FCF as an employee in 2005, it was the one role that uh, RMS asked me to keep on as. And I kept on on that ever since then. So I'm still the Gnome Foundation's advisory board representative for FCF. So now I'm like on your advisory board.
0: Well, that's really interesting. I mean, it's also going to be interesting for me because I have... I'm, I wasn't the representative for SFLC on the advisory board, but I did attend. I think actually two meetings. I think one in person and one at least partially by phone. So it'll be interesting to be in a in a different role at those meetings.
1: Yeah, although um, yeah, it's not always the executive director presenting at them. Sometimes it's other members of the Genome Foundation board and right. various other. Actually, they have the release team presents every time right before release too. So you don't have to like. Present every month yourself.
0: Oh, that's good. I actually, didn't realize know that? it because yeah. Stormy, uh, Stormy did present and run both of the meetings that I right. attended, yeah. and um, and I guess I should just take this opportunity to say, and I'll say it elsewhere too, that um, you know, um, It's going to be tough to fill Stormy's shoes. Um, she left a really you good actually, precedent.
1: They require you to wear the shoes of the previous <laughs> executive director. What if you're not the same size? Well,
0: you know, I mean, there's no physical office, so what they do is they mail the shoes.
1: But if you're not the same size, it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, how, how does that work? That seems strange to me.
0: I don't know. Statistically speaking, I might be the same um, size as Stormy, but the, that's really silly. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't understand why you have to wear shoes. So, um, but,
0: In any event, she did a great job and, um, and uh, set a really good precedent, and I hope to, um, to, to live up to some of that, follow some of her examples.
1: Well, I'm glad that they've, they've uh, finally placed somebody. I think that was the toughest thing yeah. that GNOME's been going through. Uh, it's been a challenging period for the GNOME Foundation, and unfortunately, because of Stormy's departure, uh, they had to face that without an executive director. Uh, yep. This whole stuff. Right. And I won't ask including, you to comment on including it. Including
0: the launch of GNOME 3, I mean, Correct. in addition to some of the controversy that has come up.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, although I think some of the controversy, I, I, well, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm not actually asking Karen to respond to this because it would be really unfair of me to bring up a bunch of GNOME stuff and ask her to respond today. But it's Before certainly Before I'm even tr- on the job. Yeah. <laughs> but it's certainly true that the GNOME 3 stuff I think interrelated with the blow up with Canonical. I think it's mm-hmm. all sort of one big interrelated puzzle of community issues that have come up in the GNOME community. Uh, and there was nobody there as a single leader to respond, there was lots of people responding
0: from the community,
1: but there wasn't an executive director. And that's
0: what I was going to say is that there have been a lot of good steps taken and hopefully when Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, executive director, I can help that, help with the good steps that have already been taken. Oh, you already
1: sound like a political executive director's answer. It's, uh, you're right, fitting right in the role. That's the kind of answer I give when people (laughs) ask me controversial stuff about conservancy. You know, it's a very political.
0: But in this case, I really mean it.
1: (laughs) Of course you really mean it. That makes it that much more persuasive. That's really funny. But it's still a political answer. It's,
0: uh, I guess unintentionally. So uh,
1: but I think. Well, I, I th- mean,
0: obviously, I have a lot of confidence in the GNOME community, or I would never have taken this right. job to begin with.
1: Yeah, I do think that these roles, uh, leadership roles in the free software community, are like being politicians. Uh, somebody said that to me once when I was at FSF that I was basically a professional politician, and it kind of is true. Uh, I think that, that we have a very political community, and the leaders of the nonprofits have to, in some sense, be politicians. Not that they're they're necessarily elected by the general public, although in sort of a proxy way you're you're elected because the yeah. board of directors is elected by the membership and yeah, then the directors definitely. appoint you. So
0: definitely and the members are really the portion of the public that is interested. Correct. Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's actually not that hard to become a Genome Foundation member. You basically just have to be a contributor. I'm a member for mm-hmm. my basically for my years of contribution on the advisory board. I was given a membership. I'm an application. I basically said, I've served on the advisory board all this time, uh, and that that as, as a response. They said yes, I could be a member. So that must be qualif- qualifying me. So pretty much any contribution made. Right.
0: I'm not a member, but I probably could have been already.
1: You could have been. You could um, certainly be now.
0: Yeah. Well. Sure.
1: Yeah, I was telling you, you should become a member so you can vote for your own boss, right? <laughs> you actually have a vote. If you become a Grand Foundation <laughs> member, you'll have a vote on who your boss is, or that's, bosses are. That's great. Yeah. Uh, you only get one vote, though. It's not like you get. Extra votes yeah, and there's actually
0: a new a new board recently elected to it. They haven't. I think that it takes. A they bit, haven't
1: been seated yet.
0: No, no, and I think that the, the election is not closed until the day that this audcast is released. Anyway. Correct.
1: Well, the the election, the voting is done, but they do right. this thing where you can challenge the results. I think you have that's a week great. To challenge, yeah. So like the, they the publish the, the results, period. and
0: if you object to it, you have until you have a week right. to say so.
1: Yeah, and they they have a voting system that allows you to. They 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 don't use uh, first from the gate and all that stuff. They mm-hmm. use they use a, a reasonable voting system where you rank uh, people in order you want them and then all that stuff and then they, uh, they also you can also it's all done with cryptography so you can see uh, the actual votes and like each mm-hmm. person has a token like so you can verify your own vote on the page through your token and people don't know that token is associated with you that's so, great so yeah actually I didn't I should go before the challenge period's over I should go to the website and make sure my token's up there I sure, I'm sure it is I got the auto response so yeah, because I voted of course of course because I'm a GNOME Foundation member. Uh, yeah, so, so big
0: times for GNOME. I mean, new executive director, new board.
1: Yeah, there's a new board every year. Or and every we're coming up months? on the, I think anyway. it's 18 months or something yeah. like that.
0: It's more than a year. Um, and I think, um, you know, and then they're coming up on the desktop summit in August. Correct. As well. so I'll be at the
1: desktop summit and you'll be at the desktop summit, I assume. You have to be now.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. So I haven't booked my travel, but. Yeah.
1: I booked my travel, so.
0: Well, I, I haven't started my job yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, there's direct flight well, you're not interested in direct flights. You 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 actually seem to have more of a problem with international travel than I do, which is a surprise. Well
0: I get migraines and yeah. so it's better if I'm not traveling overnight when I have to work right mm. off you know, get off the plane. Well, I used to try
1: to not travel overnight but now I just I just do it. And there's a direct flight from JFK to to Tegel. That's your last chance. You should fly a Tegel. That's your last chance, probably. Well,
0: actually... Because they're closing it, you know. Oh, no, I didn't know. They're
1: closing Tegel Airport. Uh, there's another airport in Berlin somewhere else. Oh. I'm not sure where. No, I didn't know. And Tegel's nice because it's really tiny. and, oh. and like you, you check in and your security gate is only for your flight, which is pretty cool.
0: Oh, that is really cool.
1: Because then there's really no waiting at security because you're just with people. It's no more waiting than getting on the plane.
0: Okay. I was making fun of Dan for, keeping, for going off topic with you and now we're talking about airports.
1: It's true, <laughs> but, but this is the airport for the desktop summit, so I'm talking, I'm talking about GNOME. That's People true,
0: that's true, have to but fly it's, it still, it's still a stretch.
1: Okay. So, um, uh, so, so that's the news. So you'll be able to see Karen in her first public appearance as GNOME Foundation Executive Director at the desktop summit in August?
0: Well, actually, oh, you have uh, a, a appearance well, before that? I'll be at, I'm, I'm speaking at OSCON. I'm actually jointly presenting a talk with, uh, with Aaron Williamson, who's a SFLC lawyer who's been on the show many times Um, but, uh, we're, we're giving the introductory introduction to legal talks, uh, no, the introduction Mm -hmm. to legal issues talk, um, which I gave last year with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's going to be funny that I'm no longer working at SFLC when we're giving this together. Um, but I will be at OSCON working for GNOME. So it'll be a public appearance while I'll be representing GNOME, even though I'll be giving an SFLC talk.
1: Well, that's a good point, but you can be the the non-lawyer now. I but mean, not I, still the be a lawyer is I know you'll thing. still be a lawyer, but you'll be the nonprofit's uh, executive director uh, who needs advice from lawyers about.
0: Yeah, we can license. we can do the 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 same. Uh, we won't do the same shtick, but we could do some of the the lawyer client stuff that you and I did.
1: So are you? Uh, so so is, is this is this tough for you to, to uh, not be a lawyer anymore? or Do you feel like you'll be? I'm really
0: excited, actually. Mm-hmm. Although I, you know, it's funny because I was listening to the. Um, the episode you did last week or no two weeks ago with um dan and i was thinking oh, that, one right uh, yes i was thinking that you you know that i would have had a much harder time having that um that discussion because um because when you're a lawyer to some of the to, to when you're when you're actively engaged as a lawyer for a client it's really tough to talk about them unless you're speaking on their behalf so it's tough to sometimes analyze your decisions. And as you know, I'm, I sometimes give legal advice to the Apache Software Foundation. I sometimes give advice to the Free Software Foundation. So you know, it's tough to give an opinion about things when you're not speaking in the role of representing your client. And, oh, and I still have that problem.
1: I'm glad to take us very much on topic. I'm glad you brought up that issue. I'm gonna take us off this thing about you not being a lawyer anymore because I want to, uh, because you weren't here last uh, episode, um, there was no one to rein me in. And, uh, cause Dan, Dan's not the reigning in type. And so I said something that was incorrect. I didn't know it was incorrect at the time, uh, but I got a really hard time on identical about it. In the first segment when I was talking about the Red Hat situation, um, I pointed out that I wasn't sure how people got copies of all the source code for rel anyway, oh, without becoming a customer. S- section, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, as it turns out, uh, somebody pointed out to me that all the source RPMs are currently on Red Hat's website for rel including for the newer versions, which I didn't know was true. I didn't know they'd release the source RPMs for all the newer versions, which, by the way, they aren't required to do by GPL because they have not distributed RHEL to the world, so there's no obligation on them to give the source code to the world. Uh, there was some discussion to uh, on Identica, and I'll link to some of the threads in the Did show Richard notes. Fontana correct you? Um, Richard Fontana, of course being Richard, said that uh, that what I said was disturbingly incorrect, which I think is an exaggeration, um, <laughs> and in fact I didn't know all the source RPMs were available, and historically, I will point out to those who are newer Red Hat employees, uh, employees like Richard Fontana himself, historically RHEL sources weren't available uh, long ago, uh, when RHEL was first a product initially in the, in the early 2000s, so I was going based on what was true a long time ago, it's not true anymore, I don't know how long it's been untrue, but you certainly can get the source RPMs. Now we did have a long discussion on Identica about how hard or easy it is to bootstrap CentOS or any other RHEL-like distribution from those source RPMs. Uh, And as we discussed about installation information, is the installation information enough just from the source RPMs? Uh, Not that it would matter because the source RPMs standing by themselves are GPL compliant. Therefore it doesn't really matter whether or not you can bootstrap RHEL because you didn't get distributed RHEL. even if it's GPLv3 and you need the full GPLv3 installation information, uh, there's no obligation of Red Hat to give that out to the world, only right. to RHEL customers. Right. So we discussed whether having, it was actually an interesting discussion about whether having the binaries, uh, uh, having an installed system is actually an, a form of installation information, which it kind of is, hmm. because if you have the installed system to examine... It informs you of how you're supposed to get things installed, right? Because you can examine what's there. Right. Whereas if you don't have an installed system, it's much harder to figure out how you're supposed to install stuff. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've always said in GPL, like if it's if it's trivial for someone skilled in the art to figure out the information they're supposed to have, then they have it effectively. Right. Um. So so we talked a lot about that, and I'll link to all those threads in the show notes. Uh, but uh, so I, I was asked to issue a correction about what's available on Red Hat's website. I don't think that. Um, I said anything incorrect, uh, per se. Certainly, I think my analysis is still correct regardless. It just means it's, it just means it's all the more strange that CentOS hasn't gotten their new version out yet because they do have the source RPMs pretty easily. So, (laughs) anyway. So I'm glad that you brought that up about 11, 1-1, uh, one, one, episode 1-1. One, one. It's not 11, episode
0: 1-1. All right, uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, I brought it up because yeah. um, some issues, it, it's harder for me to weigh it in on in, right. in this. Well,
1: Will that change when you're at Gnome Foundation? Probably, you know, probably not, because I you was. have uh, ongoing obligations even though you're no longer their lawyer.
0: Exactly. Um, so basically, you know, there are, I mean, I was gonna say there are actually ethical rules about that govern what lawyers you know how lawyers can act when they've represented clients and there are duties not to disparage your your clients, even former clients. Um, and there are obligations like confidentiality requirements that that stay even if you're no longer representing the client. And it makes sense because you don't want someone who represented you yesterday to withdraw and then, you know, be able to publish all of your secret information. Online that's relevant to your case, and then you know blow the blow the whole thing for your new lawyer. Um, it really doesn't make much sense. No, usually this isn't really so much of an issue because so many of our clients choose to publish so much of what they do. But it is sometimes an issue, and um, and and as a lawyer, it, it behooves me to be a little bit more conservative and to not go out on a limb and say things about my clients just in case. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Uh,
1: actually, there's something else that's totally off topic. So, your left hand has hit the, the desk like four times oh. and made a click from your ring. And I was wondering if it's because you're not used to wearing a wedding ring yet, because you've only been wearing it for a few weeks, right?
0: It's true. And actually, I always make fun of you for playing with your ring, and I've been playing with it the entire
1: time. Yeah, well, time. But I noticed you were hitting, hitting the desk with it. I was thinking, you're not used to wearing a ring on that finger, are no, you? I'm yeah. Not. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I just noticed that. Um, so, yeah. Karen is, is wearing a wedding ring now. She's really married. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to take you off time. That's why I was laughing. Oh, no, it wasn't funny. nothing to do with your saying, but the fact that you clicked the ring against the it's table, like this yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you'll get used to once you once you get well, married. I was wearing a ring
0: on that finger. Ring. Oh, because you are wearing your ring. engagement ring on yeah. that finger. That's true. But so. it, it was a totally different ring. If I yeah yeah whatever. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, it's I didn't mean to
1: take you off topic, but yeah, we did. But, but that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, in any event, so, it, you know, it'll change somewhat because over time, the things that I knew or, or was involved in will um, will decrease. On the other hand, if I manage to do the pro bono work I hope to do, I'll still stay involved um, doing legal work. But, I mean, I'll still, I, I think I have spoken out on a lot of issues, and I'll continue to do that. And um, and now my duties for GNOME will be, you know, will will come to the forefront You have to anyway. be a
1: politician for GNOME. You'll I'll have, have to, to be a the, politician for you GNOME. You have to do the politically correct thing for, for GNOME, which is your job now, so. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's your job to do what's, what's right for GNOME.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. Which was kind
1: of your job before as, yeah. as the council. Yeah. But, um, but still, it's different because it now you'll be different. out there. So, so I mean, that's, that's so, so it's more of a, I, I think the biggest change is not really the kind of work because I think that the, sort of the kind of detailed work matters a little bit less, but. Uh, lawyers generally are not out there I think in criminal cases, maybe it's different, but in most types of cases, lawyers aren't out there like speaking for their client and saying no, things. no, but so at s f l c we
0: sometimes were um, you know, but I'm looking forward to having my public talks be about more substantive things instead of more legal issues. Um, I did it again sorry I it's okay hit the table I, with I just thought it was again. an
1: interesting thing for our listeners to enjoy because they like the off topic stuff so. <laughs> They do these some, remixes now. Some of do and some don't. Well, there's the remix, the off-topic remix. Yeah,
0: you know, I haven't heard that yet. I'll have yeah, to listen so, to it. Well,
1: it's just you. If you listen to the other episodes, you, you, uh, you heard it because it's all the same material. Oh, it's just I stuff want to cut out.
0: Something yeah. from last time or from your episode with with Dan too is that you said that um, that we only put in the time that we record and Dan puts in all this editing time, which he does. And Dan, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't there to thank you when Bradley thanked you. So. Um, it's it's really amazing that you help us and um, make the show happen. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you say, Bradley, that you don't put in any time other than the time recorded, but that's no, not I, true either.
1: I said like we, we prep briefly before it and then record, which I've Yeah, describe. but then
0: you also listen to it and prepare the notes, which takes some time. Yeah, that's true. And, um, and I was going to say that because I don't put in that time as often as you do.
1: That's true. You've done it a few times. I have
0: done it sometimes, but usually it's you doing it. So I wanted to point out that you do put in more work than that.
1: That's true, but that's only the amount of time it takes to listen to it. And what reminded I,
0: me to say that was actually that uh, that I was going to say, are you going to link to it in the show notes?
1: <laughs> what? Which? What? What am I supposed to link to?
0: Uh, what were we talking about?
1: I don't know. Well, whatever we the talked The remix. About. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. Remix. No, I remix. I re- I linked to it. Because it was the two two episodes ago, and wow, so I it think I linked to it. it was the one with it.
0: Matthew Garrett's talk, and it was hilarious yeah. because the, I, I don't know if it worked out this way, but it seemed like the amount of discussion you guys had about his talk was longer than. No, his it was time. it was about
1: the same actually. Oh, was it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Normally, when you and I have a speech, we just sort of briefly comment on it, and that's it. Okay,
1: so. Um, so that's, that's the announcement and news. So again, one final time, and I'll probably say it, actually not one final time, because I'll probably say it at the very end of the show, FAIF.us. That's where you've got to be subscribed to to get uh, more freeze and freedom.
0: And if you've got ideas about GNOME or have anything you want to let me know, oh. please feel free to contact me. Become a friend of GNOME.
1: Yeah, and, and donate to Conservancy, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so actually, um, uh, there's one top, one more topic on this stuff we should discuss, which is, um, is, is the content of the show going to change? And I think the answer is mostly no. Yeah. I, I think we'll continue to discuss uh, policy issues in the free software world more generally. Um, I think, frankly, we'll probably cover, uh, more GNOME stuff than we used to, which is, I think, is just <laughs> fine. Uh, nothing wrong with that. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on the policy side of, of stuff more than just, like, talking about technology mm-hmm. of GNOME or anything because we don't want to, uh, there's lots of technology podcasts yep. out there that already cover that. Um, and, uh, and, and Karen is not, like, Leaving the bar of New York or anything, so she'll no. still be available on this show to talk about legal issues. In fact, I may
0: be even more enthusiastic to talk about legal issues because it won't be the book of what I'm doing every day.
1: Yeah, and it won't be, and you won't be as conflicted uh, going forward as you are because you w- you won't have any. I won't be an
0: active representation and with as many clients. Of all these different
1: clients, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, because you're ending your.
0: But uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to. I wonder if I will miss being a lawyer. I mean, there are really real downsides to being miss a lawyer. being a lawyer? I mean, it's like. Uh, you know all that detail work it's very stressful being a lawyer and then you you know you wonder the the usually the best job you can do as a lawyer is not messing up mm-hmm. and uh and that's really tough mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not gonna be I don't think I'm gonna be sorry to leave that behind but um but working at SFLC was really fabulous and uh you know obviously that's how I got to know you that's how I got to learn much more about free software than I knew before I came in so I'd come in so, um, anyway, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as we go forward.
1: Yeah, but I don't think the the, the mission statement of our show stays the same. Yep. I mean, it's policy and legal. we were always kind of loose stuff.
0: anyway. We just talk about right. what interests us, and we try yeah, to keep it yeah. with a legal bent because that's where we're coming
1: from. Yeah, I mean, policy and legal are the two things I think that we're going to continue on doing. And, and there's no really sort of... I, I've sort of come to the conclusion our show is basically the policy punditocracy of free software. I mean, that's,
0: punditocracy.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's actually a Jell-O-B offer word. Oh. Um, but uh, he well actually no I'm sorry it's not I researched this at one point it's not he he used it a lot but it was actually it actually been around for like 25 years before that um, uh, I I'll link in the show notes I found this all this I did research on this because I, I think I talked about this on another show now that I think about it anyway um, but yeah I sort of think of us as that that we we're trying to I mean, we're a little bit talking headish. at least I am sometimes, but I think generally we're just trying to give expert knowledge about these kinds of questions that come up because I don't think a lot of people do that. Uh, Simon Phipps does a little bit of it on his blog, uh, but as far as uh, audio casting, mm-hmm. we're the only ones doing that, I think, uh, in the free software world. Most of the other shows are about the news that's going on in the community or about the technology or something. And, and that's, I think, our niche, and I think we're going to stay in that niche. That's our plan, even though we're... I think we kind of you know, can't so, help
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so, okay.
1: So that's the plan going forward. And, and in that vein, we're so stick actually... stick with
0: us. Change your RSS feed.
1: Yeah. But in that vein, our next segment, we're going to be talking about uh, two Supreme Court decisions related to patents. And so it's the usual kind of fare you find in Free and Freedom.
0: Dan, please put in a musical interlude. <laughs> So we're going to talk about friars now.
1: Well, we'll talk about two Supreme Court decisions. Actually, the Supreme Court term over now. It it should be by now, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's 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 so
0: funny when Bilski was happening. I was so on top of when the the term was.
1: It seemed like they 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 dumped uh, they they did the big truck thing and dumped a lot of uh, a lot of uh, decisions. So uh, it seems that it probably is over. But the two decisions that came out that are of interest to free software people um, uh, are related to software patents. Uh, the first one was when we covered in uh, in O five episode 05 of Freeze and Freedom. We had Aaron on. He unfortunately Aaron uh, couldn't join us today. He's he's completely
0: just, swamped with work actually, yeah, but so he sends his apologies and he he promises he'll come back as a guest at some later date.
1: Yeah, but we um, but but basically we're, we're following. I mean, you can go back and listen to O five, and if you haven't listened to it, you probably should because I'm sort of I listened to it right before recording this. Oh, you did. That yeah, was smart. Didn't listened, so. I just
0: read the I read the old. I read the um, SFLC amicus brief.
1: So um, we won't go through the details of the case because we're sort of going to assume as a prerequisite you've listened to 05 um, because I don't want to explain the details again just to save time unless you really want to.
0: No, no, it's okay. I was just going to say that if you read the if you we're going to link to the um to the decision and the decision actually mm-hmm. gives the summary of the case. So if you're that That's interested true. in it, you can just proceed on. Um But we went
1: to a lot more detail on 05 about about how it affects free software. So we're going to I'm going to assume yeah. that as 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 uh, so so I think it actually worked out not so bad.
0: Well, um, it's interesting. It seems to it's, me. Because I want to ask this is the question I want to ask. It's a good decision for us, but it's not a bad one either. Wait, well,
1: well, here's but. what I want to ask you. So, so, so the, first of all, the decision, decision upheld that, they were, that, that it was an uh, inducement to infringe. Yes.
0: Now, so but that the part The standard is, was not upheld.
1: Right, and that's what I wanted to ask you about because because uh, the the standard we were so worried about uh, for free software developers was was would free software developers be considered in deliberate indifference um, because they don't do patent searches they just write their right. code and they really can they don't have the resources to do patent searches but they know there's probably patents out there they have right, to worry and about. Right, I
0: haven't listened to our that old episode, mm-hmm. but I seem to recall when I was reading this that you said that you were less worried about the case because it, um, you didn't originally realized that we were talking about actual copying mm-hmm. in this case
1: open oh, in the and uh, So
0: there's actually like a real distinction between the facts of this case while it it could like have trying, trying to
1: make make a thing work exactly like another thing exactly
0: yeah. and taking the original thing and copying it so it's yeah. kind of like there's a, a, yeah. a there's a distinguish uh, distinguishing of facts here that make it a little bit different from the free software scenario but i think you're right that no matter what the, oh, you just unplugged the. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry
1: about it. We're not going to worry about it. There were maybe some buzz, but uh, Dan usually gets it out, so we'll be good. Um, I just made more work for Dan, is really what I did. Um,
0: <laughs> Sorry, Dan.
1: That's okay. So, so yeah, I think, I think that, um, the, so, so I, I mean, I, but the interesting thing to me was this whole thing about, and, and this is, I, I sort of saved a section here of, of, of part of the decision, and two, in the decision part, um, they say, well, um, they say, they say the federal judgment must be affirmed because the evidence in this case was plainly sufficient to support a finding in Pent pen, pen Alpha's knowledge under the doctrine of willful blindness. So it's a totally different doctrine. The dicta is all about willful blindness and how it applies. You know, basi- let's just,
0: uh, yeah, because sorry. for people who are listening to this, the basic facts of the case, because it's just going to be too confusing to listen to. It. The basic facts of the case was that the, pen, sorry, was that Pent Alpha was, um, basically they bought a friar overseas that was, uh, that was a, a patented design in the United States. They bought an overseas model which didn't have, and the court says deliberately, which didn't have uh, patent notifications. They copied it except for the cosmetic elements. They then gave that friar to a patent attorney and said, um, you know, give us an opinion as to whether this infringes, but they didn't tell the patent attorney that they had copied it. And, and that they else. already
1: knew about the patent themselves. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, so, but, but, the, I mean, and the whole. So the
0: facts are really bad here. That's basically like they, Pent alpha just looks like a really bad actor.
1: Well, and I think I think it's correct that they were willful, willfully blind, and 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 that makes sense to me. As but it's a weird standard. test to apply.
0: I mean, like if you read the read the decision, it's yeah, like it really is. strange. It's like they. Well, I know you read the decision, yeah. but um, but I'm saying, unless if you read the decision, it's really really weird because they say the text of the of the statute is ambiguous, and the um, you know our our. Our law on this, in terms of court decisions, is also a bit ambiguous. So we're going to apply this completely separate standard from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think if you read the dissent, the Kennedy's dissent, yeah. it's actually great. And he's basically says, why are you bringing in this, yeah. you know, this completely yeah, irrelevant says, standard? He
1: says, willful blindness is not knowledge, and judges should not broaden a legislative proscription by analogy. Uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. in uh, yep. His dissent, but on the other hand, I think it's it's good. To, see, I don't I read these things. I I don't care if it's good law. I just care if it's good for free software. Well, actually, and I think des- it is good for free software.
0: Well, the dissent would have been even better for free software. It's a little ambiguous what the the result of the of the actual majority opinion is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because because you know. When we yeah, you're like,
1: right. I didn't mean good for free software. I think it came out as good as we could have hoped for free software. No, but I basically, think as good
0: as we could have hoped would have been Kennedy's opinion.
1: You think, you think, see, I thought there was no chance that they were going to, they were going to reverse it and say that you could do what they did. Because as you said, the facts are so bad for them that how could they reverse I know, it? I I mean,
0: they, they look so bad that that's, yeah. you know, that's part of the problem.
1: They but, look guilty. So how could they reverse it? You know, but they could sense. have, I mean,
0: basically Kennedy's opinion, right? I mean, yeah. that, that would have been the ideal outcome. I, it could have been a lot worse, you know, I mean, they could have affirmed the lower court's test mm-hmm. and they didn't. So that's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, his, his example is, is the moral question. He, he, Kennedy, I, mean, Kennedy's son was good. I agree with that. I just think that, I just think that there was no chance the court was going to do that. And if, if they were going to do it, I mean, I think the reason they went through hoops is they didn't want, this is my theory. I mean, like, I know how to, like, I'm a court analyzer or anything, but my, my thought was maybe they didn't want the deliberate indifference thing would have been so, such a broad thing to patent law. And dangerous that they figured. Well, they use the the criminal willful blindness uh, test. It, it would it would have a not as broad an application.
0: Well, it's interesting because a lot of patent lawyers in our space advise their mm-hmm. clients or have advised their clients to deliberately avoid reading any patents.
1: Correct, and that's and usually if, our advice to free software developers right. too. Right, and i
0: I I think I might. I think I might modify my advice if that were I mean, I'm not a patent lawyer, so mm-hmm. you know, don't don't take this as any kind of advice for me. But um but I might modify that if I were a patent lawyer basically. Oh because on this of this case.
1: willful the So yeah. but but see, willful blindness to me, the way they were describing it in the opinion, I would think that willful blindness would be things like if you got a C and D, right?
0: Well I mean I think this is I mean I think the advice of don't worry about patents unless there's some reason that you're, you know, if something has come it to, to it, your right. attention that yeah, there, yeah. there may be something there. I mean, yeah. I think that probably still stands, but the, the don't read any patents might, you know, that advice might be. Altered. Oh, really?
1: See, I think, I think that, that not reading patents, I mean, basically it's not deliberate indifference to not read patents because it's so, it's so difficult to read patents and most people, and this is a problem with the patent system. I think this would be our argument if, the, if somebody came and said, well, you were deliberately indifferent to this patent. Most people in the technology field can't actually grok what a patent covers by reading it anyway.
0: I think that's right, and I think it's a fundamental problem of our patent system, mm. but I don't think that's particularly, that's going, based on the Supreme Court cases, I don't know that that's going to be particularly persuasive to mm. a court,
1: you uh, know, well. I mean,
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that this decision, it's, it's, it's all right, it, I could, think have, it's it could have been a lot worse.
1: Yeah, that's that was my thought. But was basically that's my point. Was like it was good decision in the sense that I didn't think we could have gotten any better. I don't think that that they would have. I basically don't think they would have said that these people could do what they're doing, right? And any other decision other than this one basically would have had to have said, oh yeah, yeah, they're they're copying. It was totally okay. Like I would love if they say that. I would love if patents went away. And but
0: right. Well, now they say that. that you know, I just—we should probably say the test. The defendant must subjectively believe that there's a high probability that the fact exists, that there is a patent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that it infringes. And that the defendant must take deliberate actions to avoid learning of that fact. Mm-hmm. And that's it—the taking deliberate actions to avoid learning of the fact. which yeah, is, I, which think is free, I think why it's it. You know, it's it's a pretty okay decision.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think free software developers. Uh, would never end up doing that in their usual course because they they just are not intersecting with the software patent world that often they're not aware of software patents no one's sitting sitting there telling them about software patents um, although people, if they really want to, will go find a, a very, very stupid thing I did very, very early in my career, where I posted a patent number to the GC mailing list. That was really dumb. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> but other than that, except when that happens, you know, I actually
0: didn't realize that. Yeah,
1: it's pretty uh. embarrassing. I was such a moron. <laughs> um, you yeah, live, you learn. Yeah. So um, so so other than something like that, where somebody sits there and and I, I guess one thing that that could come out of the decision, really bad for free software, is actually somebody could take my mistake and make it a strategy, right? So somebody who holds patents could uh, could sit there and post patent numbers and summaries to mailing lists and then say well you were willfully blind because it was on your mailing list where you developed the project that you were told about this patent so any any further I action mean, I would argue would...
0: if you were a patent holder and really? you believed that your patents could be infringed I mean you would dutifully notify and if it's a public list
1: yeah that's true
0: I mean it, I actually think that a, a court would probably determine that to be really prudent a prudent course of action
1: yeah Oh, that's true. But then, but then, they I think under the old rule, old old uh, standard, they would have been in trouble anyway in that regard because they would have had a and D, and it would have been you know, like if you're dutifully notified that you're infringing a patent, um, or that, or the, I'm sorry, that the patent holder believes you're infringing a patent, then you're you're in trouble under almost any standard as far as I think, it, I, mean, as I, think that's, I, mean, I think that's
0: that's that's true under whatever standard if if if, if there's a, a duly held patent and somebody asserts that you're infringing and you are infringing I mean, if somebody asserts that you're infringing on their patent you should seek legal counsel right Exactly. So,
1: fortunately, that doesn't happen that much in free software, unless you work in video codec space, um, <laughs> and so and so you, you don't really run into this problem unless you're working on a project that deals with video codecs, in which case you know this problem well. Um, <laughs> uh, but everybody else, uh, they don't, they, they they just keep doing their work, and, and the people who get these letters are actually your downstream, which is bad for your downstream, you know, and it can get you kicked out of distributions like Fedora. But on the other hand, it's not your problem; it's developer. it's your downstream's problem. Um, it's still a problem.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to be working at the Software Freedom Law Center anymore. But um, you can still contact them at help@softwarefreedom.org if somebody does assert a patent against your, um, you know, against your free software project.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you hear about that, so yeah. we should probably talk about the the second case, um, uh, which we never talked about on the show before. So we kind of have no, to explain it. No, well, I,
0: you know, we usually have talked about the cases that SFLC submitted an amicus brief on, and SFLC didn't submit an amicus brief on this point. I think, but you were
1: involved with one anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did contribute to the EFF's amicus brief. Um, I mean, I mean,
1: you personally. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I did, although I wasn't named on the brief. But I, I did contribute to oh, it, um, and uh, the That's EFF, cool. you know, used some of the um, the amicus brief language they used in Bilski and elsewhere, um, which I think I think this. Brief was an opportunity to polish it all up, and I, I thought that the, the brief read pretty well, mm-hmm. um, and I was glad to get a chance to, to weigh in on it.
1: And well, this is one of these funny examples too, of agreeing where, with Microsoft or Microsoft <laughs> on. I, I look, look, I have my notes there. Look, Microsoft on our side. Yeah, um, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because 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 uh, we we were on Microsoft's side again. Yeah, the funny thing was is Microsoft used to be against software patents entirely back when they didn't have any. Bill Gates is on the record, public yeah. record, saying he's against software patents in 1993. Um, <laughs> not today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, so, in this
0: case, Microsoft was sued, so they were right. kind of painted into a corner. Right. Um, and But they it's was sued by saying, a patent troll.
1: Was it a patent troll? Actually, no, the, the, the company had a product, so it wasn't a pure did. troll. They did, yeah. And
0: they basically, Microsoft, they sued Microsoft saying that Microsoft was infringing on their patent. And Microsoft's defense was, well, that patent was invalid. Because the invention was in use in the marketplace more than a year before. By the company itself. <laughs> by the company itself more than a year before yeah. um, applying for the patent. Mm-hmm. And because the product was not free software, the source code was now unavailable for review anyway. <laughs> so nobody knew what was actually in the, um, in the, in the product. And was, they were relying on testimony by the inventors, which were yeah. employees of i Yeah. So it's kind of funny.
1: And nobody right. could get the, I, I didn't I didn't chase this part of it. nobody could get an old copy of it even? Like, there's no copies, even the binaries?
0: That's what the brief says. Even the binaries. Says.
1: There wasn't binaries around, because if there were binaries around, I they could at least know, run it they, and see if the They said the there. source
0: code was unavailable, yeah, okay. so I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe they argued about how it was implemented. implemented. Yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe that was the argument, because there might have been more than one way to implement this particular idea, which usually there is. So
0: basically, Microsoft here said, well, actually, the patent was invalid, um, because... Um, even though the patent office didn't know about it, their, you know, the invention was already in use the year before, um, and there was some discussion about whether that was true or not, but, um, but the, the test here was, um, was to what level did the evidence have to show that...
1: Right, and we have talked about this on the show before, about by the time something gets to a very high court, um, it's some subtle issue of law usually that's under debate. Uh, rather than the whole case as as it stands. And And the subtle issue of law under debate here was what it meant for a patent to be presumed valid, which is what the statute says. Once mm-hmm. you get a patent, it's presumed to be valid unless somebody shows it's invalid. Then the question is, what, what's the what's the uh, bar they have to reach to show it's invalid? Uh, and the debate of the bar was: Is it the preponderance of evidence that's there, like when like in a like in a, a criminal trial, the preponderance of evidence uh, gives you preponderance uh, means
0: more likely yeah. than not. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and or is it? Does you, do you need to prove clear and convincing evidence that shows that it's invalid? And that was the debate. Obviously, yeah. Microsoft. It's, it's
0: actually very similar to the Fryer case in this in this instance because it's all about the test which test is the right test to use.
1: Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and obviously Microsoft, because they're trying to make this patent invalid because presumably Microsoft Word infringes it, uh, they're trying to say, all all you need is to show a preponderance of evidence to show invalidity. And the uh, eye for eye people are saying, no, 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 you have to provide clear and convincing evidence. And that was the the question before the court, the the Supreme Court that is in this case. And what they said, well.
0: Well, they did not find for Microsoft.
1: Yeah, which and uh, they
0: did not find for the EFF's decision. Um, right. like and position. and
1: therefore it's bad decision for free software because yeah. it, it well, it's 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 complicated how it comes out for free software. I'll well, talk about that in a minute. Well,
0: it basically presumes validity of right. patents, which is right. not really great for free software.
1: Well, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. But, um, but yes, as far as the strength of software patents, this strengthens software patents. That's definitely true. Yeah. Because it makes it harder to show a patent invalid. Yeah, it, actually it shows a
0: higher burden of proof to invalidate yeah. a patent in court as a defense.
1: But, and the, the worst part was is not a single Supreme Court justice dissented. That was kind of yeah, horrible.
0: One was recused, right? Or yeah,
1: like, the, the, am I the, like is confused? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. was recused. Roberts apparently, Roberts. I guess he holds stock in one of these companies because, or somebody he knows is involved Yeah, I don't in know the details on it. Because it just it just said like three times the decision. Roberts did not contribute to this decision. Roberts, we swear, Roberts did not contribute. Now the funny thing was is there was um there there, there this happens. We talked about this when we talked about the Bilsky decision. There were, there were different assents uh uh for different reasons. Um, which, yeah, they
0: were concurring opinions, concurring
1: opinions. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I don't say ascent, I guess say concurring, uh, yeah. So, 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 um, which means
0: they had different rationale, but came to the same conclusion.
1: Right. Um, and so 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 I, I think one of the one of the um, concurrences was a little bit better because it, it's it sort of narrowed how often the test could be applied the main one was basically saying oh yeah the test should always be oh the statute clearly says it's it's using it's using a term of a term of, of legal art and therefore obviously we know it should be um, uh, should be uh, clear and present clear and convincing I'm sorry uh, evidence um, but the one of the ascents was a little weaker on that uh and that was helpful i suppose cuz maybe somebody can use that dicta in the future to say that it's it Yeah be it's narrow. tough
0: the all of these concurrences make it really tricky to understand what the, what dick, the yeah. law is and what the what the law you know or, which or, parts of the case are applicable as the as law yeah. and which aren't yeah
1: it was um, funny usually s- the
0: concurrences aren't
1: thomas wrote his own concurrence uh, separate from all the, other, the all the other concurrences which i thought i guess, I guess people always say uh, thomas never speaks i guess say he never speaks it's not that he never writes or is it rare for him to write as well um on his own yeah i'm not sure because uh, yeah, there's this story about how how Thomas hasn't spoken.
0: For, yeah, for like a they decade. actually mean speaking in, in, the, in the in the arguments. Yeah,
1: but he did yeah. write down and he he wrote he assented for no good reason. Basically, that's the way I read his assent. it was like like I'm a, I'm I'm concurring with this for no for I don't really have a good reason just because I, I think it's right. That, that's kind of how it's –
0: I thought he just wanted to clarify one point.
1: Yeah, it could be. I. I I don't know, maybe. But usually
0: those things are, are worked out during the like yeah. during the negotiation. I mean, actually, everything I know about how this all works is from uh, Evan Moglen, yeah. Uh because so, he was a, a clerk in the Supreme Court for Third Circuit. True.
1: Sure. So you probably have to get more opinions to know for sure how it worked. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's um. It, it, I, I I mean, this is a, a bad decision for the 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 just, reexamining patents. Actually, one of the main problems I had with the main main uh, group um, writing mm-hmm. was. They basically said the same, this, this test applied both to the, the patent office and courts. And that was troubling, too. That Like, when you're in front of the patent office, you also have to show clear and convincing evidence. Mm-hmm. Because the statute says, and I sort of saw the difference, and maybe I was just reading into this, but I sort of saw the difference with the concurrence was saying, well, you know, different agencies could use different stuff or whatever. But but the main decision Well, I mean, I think they
0: were arguing that because it was a defense, they shouldn't have to show
1: mm-hmm. clear and
0: convincing evidence. Because right. it's a defense to infringement as opposed to proving validity of a... Yeah. Of a pen right. so um, I mean there's some slightly small good news that EFF made the, a lot of regarding jury instructions but I think yeah. generally the, the news isn't too shiny here yeah
1: I mean my feeling is basically well I've talked about this that that if the patent system um, continues to get worse and worse uh, in long term that's probably good for free software uh, because it might be bad for us in the short term but in the long term uh, if companies realize that it's not in their interest to have software patents cuz like Microsoft here's a great example Microsoft uh, and Jeremy Allison loves to point this out Microsoft pays is uh, paid so much money in uh in patent uh patent litigation and patent uh, infringement suits when these companies that do hold software patents start to realize that they're going to lose more than they gain from the software patent system uh, I hope that that happens to companies like Microsoft, because then maybe they'll turn around and not be so pro software patent. I mean, IBM's gonna like bully people forever. I don't know. But...
0: it's such a mess. I mean, the patent system is such a mess. But I don't. And it's just gotten I'm, worse in all these court decisions. Right. This, and like, I'm a total subscriber. must
1: get worse yeah. before it gets better. That's my view. It has to get so bad that nobody wants to deal with it anymore. Um, and that's how we're going to defeat it because we're not going to defeat it by any other means. It's the only means left. It's not that it's the, it's the best means. It's the only means left. Bilski, we lost. We're losing cases like this uh, for, for as far where well, we weren't in them, but we're the community. I, said, I shouldn't say we there. It makes no sense. Uh, the, the free software well, community I mean, is being injured he, by cases I like mean, this. I mean, EFF
0: was going – I mean, yeah. did have – you know specifically was advocating for free software developers in its brief.
1: Right. So, my, and then my, an
0: Apache Software Foundation signed on with EFF.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm, but it wasn't when when you say we in a court case, it, like it sounds like you're saying you're either the plaintiff or the defendant, which you're neither. We're 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 amici here, if anything, and it's not us because it's the uh, okay. Apache. But the point is, the free software community, um, is injured by it. Uh, the decision being this way temporarily, but long term, maybe if it gets really bad, it will convince other people, convince proprietary software companies, because if just a large group of small proprietary software companies would band together, they could form a small business lobby to, to try and get rid of software patents because it's bad for small business proprietary software just like it's bad for free software. Same reason. Anytime you're not big and powerful it can file lots of patent applications, you're kind of screwed in the patent system. Whether you're proprietary or free, it doesn't matter. Uh, and I, I just want to get to that point where people really feel that. Because I mean, proprietary people are like, they sit there, they're like, they're like people who buy lottery tickets. They're sitting like, well, maybe someday I'll be a big, powerful company. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, and then I'll be like them, and then I'll, then I'll have the advantage of this. But we got to change that mindset. Well, that's
0: such a mess. We now have a situation where every, it, it's effectively like everybody's pointing a gun at everybody else. That's and good. Then
1: just, and, then, and, and if all the proprietary software companies kill each other, there won't be any proprietary software companies left. And Yeah. I mean, sue each other into oblivion. I'm for patent nuclear war. I'm for it.
0: And... I, on the other hand, hope we can still find a way to work together.
1: <laughs> nah, let's have pat nuclear war, and then we'll build. You know, once the nuclear war was over, Zephyr and built the warp drive. We met the Vulcans, and everything was fine. Well,
0: that's funny. I now know what um, what we should uh, tell Dan to put as our humorous end.
1: What's that? Well, oh, you'll see. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's my. I think that's ranty. the end of our. Uh, but you our should read point. these cases. I, I, I say this every time we talk about cases. It's it's you don't have to be a legal geek to understand and, and get some value out of reading them.
0: I think they're generally fairly well written too. I mean, sometimes they're hard to understand, but. I mean,
1: there's some back, sometimes background information, but like Karen said, they summarize the case at the beginning and, and so you can get a real good sense. And once you've read a number of these, like I, I'm not a lawyer and I've read a number of these now, it's very easy for me to read them even when I'm new to the particular issue, I can understand. And, and the key concept to understand is that, I, I think the, the for me, the key concept to understand was the Supreme Court's considering a very narrow question after lower courts have all decided on all the other issues. Yep. So once you know that and you sort of look, and then you, your first thing to do when you read a Supreme Court decision is uh, is what issue is it they're considering? Because yeah. usually just one issue. And,
0: and the other thing is that if it gets to the Supreme Court, it's usually fairly important or, or different. Right. I mean, it could be a, a subtle point of, you know, a legal issue um, that isn't too relevant in mm-hmm. the everyday, but it, it wouldn't be going to the Supreme Court if it were minutiae.
1: Right, and so and so, it's a really good opportunity to understand what rules would get created. It's also
0: if you're if you're from the U.S., it's your legal system at work. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, which I always like to you know even not in my capacity as a lawyer, I just like to see how you know how my country runs.
1: The judicial system. Do you know that <laughs> no. Danny, Danny Carvey joke where he says you can't say the word judicial without sounding like you're drunk. That's his that's his that's stand funny. up piece. Judicial system because it's hard word. Anyway,
0: to say. move your RSS feed.
1: Yes. faif.us. dot Fife.us. That is our website. You must go there. <laughs> you must subscribe to the RSS feed. If you are hearing this and it's not June 2011, the middle of June in 2011, well, you are on the wrong RSS feed. You could be backlogged. Yeah, but then you know, because then you went and got the backlog from right. something. But the point is that, that if this is your most recent Fife cast sitting there in your little reader, you're, you're on the wrong RSS feed. FIIF.us, FIFE.us. Subscribe now.
0: Free as in Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of HalfBakedMedia.com. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. Free as in Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 Unported License. Please provide any feedback to oddcast@faif.us. at faif.us.